lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. The power is working. So we are back to a normal live two-hour program. My name is Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. <clears throat> Whoa, guess my voice isn't back to normal. If you would like to join us and also join me in going through a second puberty. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, um, kind of. Uh, you know... I've decided I've decided I'm going to post more on Facebook than I said a few days ago after coming back from my ban. Because after spending a few days in in Facebook purgatory, and Todd, you'll relate to this as the Catholic. I mean, I jumped on the Sin Master, right? Yeah. And, you know, Facebook, um, you know, um, made sure I ran my laps, you know, and... Ruler over the knuckles by the nun. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm feeling recalibrated. That that maybe maybe I've I need to I've got a new perspective. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I have I have launched a new initiative on our Facebook page. You are welcome to check it out if you would like. And it would be an absolutely terrible thing if this went viral on Facebook and and others decided to follow suit. I have begun hashtag Facebook approved takes. I mean, I think after all, it's their platform, right? They own it. And it's very clear that they want a certain narrative presented on their platform. And, you know, um, what would Jesus do? I mean, right? Jesus would mask up. Um, you know, uh, Jesus would would get the vax. Uh, and if Jesus were here and on Facebook, he would he would follow Facebook's narrative rules, right? Yep. Because I mean, that's basically what his earthly ministry was known for was the lack of contention mm-hmm. and confrontation Just- with the prevailing wisdom and conventional wisdoms of the day just right? fit, just fitting in yeah just exactly just kind of fitting in he fit well up on that beam of wood right mm-hmm. i mean it took a few nails but eventually you know he fit they good got them to fit. Yeah. yeah yeah they fit yeah they pounded those things right in there so um i i figured you know what i i'm going to follow that lead i'm going to follow the lead of spirit of the age jesus and i'm going to give facebook what it wants with facebook approved takes in fact i posted earlier Video of President Biden vowing that no Americans would be left behind in Afghanistan. Of course, we know, courtesy of the Pentagon, we have left quite a few Americans behind in Afghanistan. I know on every other platform in America, people are pretty much angry about this, right? But on Facebook, you need to give them the content that they want. It might be your Facebook page, but it is their platform. Fair? Fair. We don't have a choice. Indeed. So I have posted the following response to Joe Biden going back on his pledge to not leave any Americans behind. That unfortunately, the failure of hundreds of Americans to properly navigate 
the security checkpoints of Afghanistan's new peaceful and duly elected government uh, in a timely fashion has caused our greatest president ever to not be able to fulfill this vow. But you know me, there's always a way to declare a win. But those left behind will graciously be comforted by the fact they won't have to spend their final days um, confronted with the mean tweets of his orange predecessor. Important. Important distinction. That is an important thing to note. Now, of course, the Taliban will shut down all of the internet there, so they won't be seeing any tweets or emails or anything from anybody, Or and they might be hung from a, a helicopter, that a Black Hawk helicopter we left behind. But that being said, in the waning few moments that they have, they could at least be comforted to know they may think that this is suffering. But indeed, it is their salvation. Hashtag Facebook approved takes. Thoughts? How do we do? Uh, I can see a future segment beyond Facebook. Yes. This. If you truly embrace this as the warm blanket, you clearly view it as right now. I, I think this has some legs on you it. You know me. I'm, I'm constantly reprogramming the Kobayashi Maru machine, right? So I can't figure out a way to tell you the truth on Facebook that they will not punish me for. So why don't I just stop telling you the truth? Right? Forward. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because it kind of seems like a no-win scenario. Facebook doesn't want me to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth. How do you navigate that one, right? And we've got, you know, well over 100,000 people following us there and getting our content. That's a sizable chunk of our audience we would lose, right? So I, I, I think maybe, therefore, I mean, it ain't exactly Kirk in the Genesis cave in Wrath of Khan, but it's the best I could come up with. Let's just stop telling the truth on Facebook. Do you think you could say almost anything on there, including things about COVID, if just before and after you bracketed with Trump is terrible? Is that... So what basically, if I, became, if I became Bill Maher, yeah. that's Bill Maher's game. Mm-hmm. Bill Maher's game is to make sure you rip Trump and rip conservatives and then go on a rant that sounds like the Steve Day show for 10 minutes. That has been Bill Maher's game here for about a year, really, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of what he does. I mean, when he went off on Wokistan last week, mm-hmm. he's gone off on COVID panic porn, he's gone off on cancel culture. I mean, he's gone off on Hollywood's preachy films. Aren't these all things that we have all talked about and discussed in some way, shape, or form on this program? And so you bracket it with Trump's terrible and a racist and conservatives are goobers or some variation thereof of those themes, right? So you make sure, it's like in the South, right? Gossip, rip somebody to shreds, bless their heart, (laughs) right? You know what I'm saying? So you, you bracket your comments with Trump's a racist, Nazi, terrible, Terrible. Uh, and conservatives are, you know, uh, unevolved goobers, some variation of those themes. And then you can like spew all kinds of wisdom in the middle, right? We need to test this as maybe, far maybe, as it will take maybe us. That, maybe that premise needs to be tested. But for now, if you want to be lied to, follow me on Facebook, just like me there, and I will lie to you. Just pointing that out to you up front. Is it as bad if I'm lying to them if I tell them up front it's all lies? Then you're not lying to them. Uh, there you go. I kind of feel like I just had a Joe Isuzu moment. Remember that guy when we were kids do. doing the commercials for the cars? I do. I kind of feel like that. All right. And I prayed about it, which I didn't. And I feel pretty good about where I'm at right now, which I actually do. Uh, you can also look for us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. We can tell the truth to you there. 
We can still really tell the truth to you on Twitter of all places, which to me is really odd. It's really odd. I, you know, I have a theory about what happened with Berenson and Twitter beyond the fact that they just couldn't beat him in arguments. Is it does seem, I wonder, has he been, was he, he wants to fight them. And I think maybe they're concerned about that, that he is setting up the possibility of setting a precedent in court that might go against them. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense. So you just and try to blacklist him. I'm praying about, yes. Yeah, yeah. You try to, you try to blacklist him. On the other hand, you're doing, they did it in a way that basically labeled Berenson as worse than the Taliban, as worse than the Ayatollah. I mean, when you are saying these people are welcome to our platform, but you are not, if you're in charge of that platform, you are at least implying that these people are worse than those people, right? Aren't you yes. at least implying that? And I, you know, I, 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 I'm fine with making them defend that in a court of law. Oh, yes. Yeah. They should. All right. So follow us still on Twitter. You can still get a lot of truth there at Steve Day Show. Of course, we'll tell you 100 proof truth or 100 proof truth here on the show as best as we can. Uh, and if you want to get clips of the show that you can watch later for free and are free of censorship, go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. All right. On today's show, I'll tell you about that in a moment before I tell you or after I tell you about my glasses that I love and I've gotten a lot of comments about. If you want to know where I got them, check out Better Spectacles. They've got new Rodenstock frames available for the first time here. Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. It's over a 140-year-old company, the gold standard in globally with over 500 patents. And now they've expanded to take care of contrarian problematic prescriptions. So don't worry if you've got a regular old prescription, they can help you too. But if you've got a problematic one like me where it's not quite bifocals, but you're a little farsighted, a little nearsighted, they call these progressive lenses. Maybe one of the few things about me people would like as progressive i need them uh and thankfully i got them and in good looking frames from rodenstock from our friends over at better spectacles go to betterspectacles.com slash steve schedule a teleoptical appointment today you won't even have to leave your house and no it's not just some cheesy online company this is you get online from their best trained opticians in the country the same thing you would get if you stopped at one of their stores all right so take advantage of their introductory offer as well 61 percent off their go spec lenses plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames when you visit betterspectacles.com slash steve again betterspectacles.com slash steve all right coming up on the show today let's try to get to the bottom of the mystery over why our country appears to be still the only one in the world holding out against natural immunity dr andrew bostom md epidemiologist, researcher, Brown University, you know, Ivy League school, been on the show before. He will join us at the bottom of the hour to try to get an answer to that and some other questions that he's been looking at and researching lately. Next hour, I have prepared a thinking exercise for Todd and Aaron for fake news or not, looking at hard data and what conclusions can we and can we not potentially draw from this data. All right, so we'll do that. And then Pop Culture Tuesday is a big day for me. You can finally, and it's my fault. I'm not blaming you. It's my fault. The 14,793 of you, and that's when I stopped counting, that have emailed me about watching The Chosen at least thrice. There's unique emailers, and then there is the amount of emails you've all sent me about this show. You may now move on to something else. I have finally watched the entire first season. I made it my goal to get through it while we were off for Aaron's uh, paternity. 
And wow, all of you were right. It's an absolute masterpiece. And we will discuss it for Pop Culture Tuesday coming up uh, a little bit later on in the show. But before we get to all of that, of course, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Leaving Americans Behind. Last week, the White House made this promise repeatedly. Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops will stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan right now. I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. Yesterday, America pulled its final troops out of Afghanistan, the final group of soldiers standing guard at Ahmed Karzai International Airport. General Kenneth McKenzie said during a news conference yesterday. And we think the citizens that were not brought out number in the low, very low hundreds. We now know at least 200 Americans were left behind in Afghanistan with the final few flights out of Kabul containing no Americans whatsoever. Defense Secretary John Kirby says. Well, I mean, we have uh, Americans that get stranded in, in, uh, in countries all the time. After the Americans had bugged out, members of the Taliban donning American tactical gear inspected their new haul of aeronautical toys, including these Chinook helicopters. In Kandahar, Afghanistan, video surfaced yesterday of the Taliban using a Black Hawk helicopter in the hanging of an unknown person. Shayna Chappelle, mother of the Marine named Kareem Nakui, who was killed last week in Kabul, had her Facebook and Instagram accounts suspended for posts she made about her son where she was very critical of Joe Biden. Speaking of Biden, he's tackling the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. And thanks for joining me. I'm here. Uh, uh, the FEMA director is on. Uh, uh, FEMA director Chris Wells, she, she's on. And I'm here with, uh, with my senior advisor and... Uh, boy who knows Louisiana very, very well, man, and and New Orleans, and uh, Cedric Richmond. Moving on, the Biden administration is opening civil rights investigations against GOP-led states who banned mask mandates in school. The Florida Department of Education has withheld the salaries of school board members defying Governor Ron DeSantis' parental rights order on mask mandates. Duke University has implemented an outdoor mask mandate after a rash of new COVID cases on campus. All but eight of the over 350 new cases were vaccinated. Los Angeles Magazine recently did a profile on the president of Los Angeles' largest teachers union, Cecily Meyert-Cruz. One of the quotes Meyert-Cruz gave the magazine is this, quote, There's no such thing as learning loss. Our kids didn't lose anything. It's okay that our babies may not have learned all their times tables. They learned resilience. They learned survival. They learned critical thinking skills. They know the difference between a riot and a protest. They know the words insurrection and coup. 
A California teacher went viral recently for this video where she explains how she took down the American flag in her classroom and encouraged her students to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Rainbow Jihad flag. My kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you. <laughs> in the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? <laughs> the Newport Mesa School District announced yesterday that teacher is no longer in the classroom pending a further review of the matter. A mama bear in San Diego went viral yesterday for her words to her local school board. Tonight, I'm simply here to tell you to unmask our children. We're done begging. In fact, we're done asking for permission. That's right. We are going to be unmasking our children today. That's right. The pandemic is over. The parents are done. We're done asking you, public servants, for permission. We are done. You can all wear your masks. In fact, you can wear two masks and three masks. You can wear gloves. You can have plexiglass. You can do whatever you need to do to keep you safe. But we, the parents, believe we have a choice for our children. And I don't know who you think you are, that you think that you have more of a say than us, the parents, mm -hmm. and our doctors. Mm -hmm. I don't know who any of you think you are. And finally, a school board meeting in Virginia got the Bart Simpson treatment. Thank you so much, Ms. Thomas. We do appreciate you. Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken. Sulk, Suk, Mahidik. Suk, Mahidik. Ophelia McHawk. Ophelia McHawk. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dolor. Don Kiddick. Don Kiddick. Wayne Kerr. Wayne Kerr. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> There's... Afghanistan there, there's COVID stand, there's so much in there. But we all know there's a little part of little Stevie Dace that wants to do nothing but talk about the Rembrandt who did yes. what was done there at the end. I mean, I just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, Pour one out! That Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that was... Uh, that kid's going places. Yes, yes, that's... <laughs> That's one of the greatest moments in recent American history right there. I mean, and granted, it is yeah. a low bar, kid. All right. But man, you have Bruce Jenner. Well, no, you scaled it. Okay. Um, and, and just the complete obliviousness. And the and, earnestness. Yes. It's just. That's, oh. that's what's on the money. The obliviousness. Yes. Like, no clue. Yes. I mean, that's. What else can you say? I mean, that's those are your educrats. I go to the mama bear from San Diego oh. there. She's right on the money. But do you know why they think that they they are the boss of your kids and not you? Do you know that? Do you know why? 
it's important for us to know this. We're at a moment like this where we have to say things like this to these people because for the last few decades, we let them be the boss of us. We let them be the boss of our kids. We let them take control of our schools. We let them brainwash our children. We let them indoctrinate our kids. We let them do it. And it's and as much as I love that mama bear, great job. She's going to have to do that more than once. And mm-hmm. all of us are. This isn't going to go away just because we lost our damn minds over this one time. Going to have to probably do it several times. Right? I mean, you're not going to undo 25, 30, 40 years of complacency and abrogation of our authority and responsibility as taxpayers and parents over these schools. We're not going to undo it even with a, an absolutely hell yeah a lay down ordinance from the mama bear there in San Diego. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to take more. It's going to take more now. But here's the good news. Your opponents are the people who, through their masks, in all seriousness, after they'd had their pants pulled down five times already, announced, wanker, wanker. Those are your opponents. I mean, you're not facing the bully after school here, guys. Okay? They ain't the the football team waiting for you for a swirly. The guys we swirlied are the opponents. So the bad news is you're going to have to slap him around, metaphorically speaking. You're going to have to slap him around more than once, okay? Metaphorically speaking, of course. The good news is, though, these ain't the tough guys. These ain't, these ain't the, the alpha males in the room. These ain't the badasses. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with, with cat lady and the men who want to impregnate them. That, that's what you're dealing with here. Fair? Fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So hop to it. More of that, please. And, and may it crescendo across the country. Uh, and, and by the way, it's what she said, too. We're not asking permission. Mm-hmm. We're just doing this. That's the key right there. That's the key. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. I told you yesterday I was giving them another try with their deodorant. Had a long day yesterday. Didn't have a lot of things going on after the show. Had a party uh, for my wife's birthday to celebrate uh, her finishing her education. And so, man, I just, I, I was going to have to keep it fresh all day long. I tried Sweat Block again. It held up when I gave it a shot on a trip last week. And boy, howdy, did it come through again. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. I've not tried the wipes yet, but the way their wipes work is you just wipe down your pits the, before you go to bed, get up in the morning, shower, do what you normally do, put on your deodorant. And the suddenly, you know, the stuff that gets to you when you do public speaking, a first day at a stressful situation, uh, maybe just once or twice a week is all it takes to stop that from happening to you. Now, though, I have tried the deodorant. I've tried the deodorant lotion. I can personally attest to the fact those products are absolutely dynamite. And if you've got a problem with the sweat and you want to get rid of it, all right, sweatblock.com is where you can go get 20% off right now with my last name as your promo code DACE. D E A C E for sweatblock.com, promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. In the overtime today, John Ioannidis, uh, professor of public health at Stanford University, has just published a preprint up for peer review study looking at seroprevalence antibody studies from around the world where he has now re estimated 
the global infection fatality rates for COVID-19. And we will get into that information today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E, blazetv.com slash dace. We'll record it for you right after today's show, then upload it later for you to watch on demand. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and would like to become one, that's also where you can go to make that happen and at a discount, blazetv.com slash dace. Okay, I've stalled long enough, and I, I know that I knew that clip was coming in the montage after reading the rundown, so I, I knew we were going to need a good laugh because I don't, I don't want to dwell on this for too long. Not because I don't think it's newsworthy, but because I, I do, and and frankly, because it depresses me. I, I, I'm not sure we've ever had a lower moment in modern times as a country than what has transpired here the last, say, 72 or 96 hours. As Todd pointed out last week, we spent 20 years and a few trillion dollars there, and the best we could come up with for... An evacuation motto was trust the Taliban. We're leaving behind several hundred Americans. But we have brought in plane loads of unvetted people. Didn't almost everybody that committed 9-11, didn't they almost all have a visa or a green card, I believe? Mm -hmm. I know Muhammad Atta did, I believe. They're taking our weaponry and hanging people from it in the air. Did you guys see the clip of the TV show? where the host of the show couldn't get out of the country, and now he's hosting the show with armed Taliban behind him, make it, on, on telling him, basically making sure he toes the line on what he's allowed to say. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of forsaken promises that did people in over the years. I want the people of America to know their president's not a crook. Read my lips, no new taxes. Depends on what your definition of the, I want. I want you to know, I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. I never told a single lie. I never told a lie, not a single time. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You didn't build that. What difference does it make? But. For a president to vow that no Americans would be left behind and then to leave them behind, in the cases of Nixon and Clinton, those were matters, Bill Clinton, those were matters of their personal conduct. In the case of Barack Obama, that was a matter of worldview. You didn't build that. 
then of course you could argue that the bigger lie was if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. That one wrecked a lot of people's families. But as a president ever vowed to save American citizens and then quit and not like all oh, these people have been hold up hostages for years and years in like a few days. He quit on those people in just a few days or whoever's running this administration. I mean, the, our colleague Jason Whitlock had a devastating line yesterday about that FEMA clip where Biden addresses uh, a black member of his cabinet who knows New Orleans as a boy. Did you see that? Yeah. That's the clip Aaron mm-hmm. just had. And, and Whitlock's tweet was, the jokes just write themselves. You ain't really black if you have not been called boy by Joe Biden. You know, that's a play on when Biden said last year, you're not really black if you don't vote for me. Um, I, I, I don't have an analysis. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I feel like it's a eulogy. It, it feels like I'm presiding over a eulogy, right? I don't know what to do other than mourn. So that's why I I don't I didn't save a lot of time to talk about this. I don't I don't I don't have a, a classic Steve Dace, let's break it down for you. It it's broken down. I, I you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a carcass on the side of the road. I it's he's he's dead, Jim. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I I all there is really there is no analysis here. There's just well woe and lamentation. <laughs> We hear a lot of talk about preventative health. Psych. No, we don't. We hardly hear any talk about it at all. Now we're shocked to learn about massive childhood obesity gains in the last year. I mean, when we told the kids, stay home, don't exercise, Netflix and chill and just order in. Surprised that it, it who, raise your hand. Apparently you had to go to um, uh, an elite institution to, to learn that that course of action would lead to an increase in childhood Obesity. Todd, your thoughts? Sounds legit. Uh, this is why when you when there are products on the market that help you, particularly from a convenience standpoint, uh, in, in order to practice better preventative health, take a look at them. Products like Field of Greens. Uh, it's unlike other superfoods out there because it uses real USDA, organic fruits and vegetables packed with antioxidants that can help support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion also because it's pre and probiotic. Uh, it's great for everyone in the family. You just take a scoop, uh, mix it in with a water-based drink, and in that one glass you're going to get more fruits and vegetables in that one serving than sadly a lot of Americans get in a day, if not longer. All right. So get 15% off your first order right now with the promo code, Steve. They've got several new flavors right now. You can try as well. Uh, Give this a try. Your body will. Thank you. Brickhousesteve.com is the website and use that promo code, Steve, to get the 15% off at brickhousesteve.com promo code, Steve, to get 15% off. Andrew Boston joins us, Brown University. He is an MD, epidemiologist, Jack of all trades, master of even a few of them. Good to see you again, Andrew. How are you, brother? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, we appreciate you uh, stepping in here for us today. I-, I want you and I to begin the conversation here, Andrew, on trying to unravel the mystery 
because you're one of the few people I know that has done as much research um, and, and but except the difference is I'm a layman, you're a pro. So you're one of the few people I know that's done more research on this than I have in the last year and a half. In fact, I've used a lot of your research in my own. So thank you. One of the great, one of the great mysteries I'd like us to unravel. It appears we are like the only major country in the world that's not like doing zero COVID like Australia or New Zealand, for example. So short of those outliers, we appear to be the only country in the world that is just flat out ignoring natural immunity. And I'm, oh. and I would like to know why is this the case? What's the, what's the justification for this, especially in light of the massive study that came out of Israel last week, over about 80,000 people. And what it showed is that the full, as fully vaccinated people were 13 times more likely to get a COVID infection than those who were known to have had an infection and recovered or a natural immunity, and were 27 times more likely to get a serious infection than those with natural immunity. When Israel first studied this about two months ago, it found that about 40% of its new cases were people fully vaccinated and less than 1% of its new cases were people with natural immunity. So... Why is our country's public health experts ignoring this? Is there a benign explanation for this, Andrew? No, there isn't. There isn't. Unfortunately, Steve, there's not a benign explanation. It's it's really uh, just going back to the Soviet era, uh, a, a form of Lysenkoism. You know, Lysenko was the was the agronomist slash geneticist who helped contribute to the terror famine, uh, and and scientists who disagreed with him because he was Stalin's favorite. Uh, were literally purged and sent off to the gulag. Um, this is this is out of control now. Um, I just wanted to clarify one one thing. The Israelis did a very interesting set of what are called statistical models uh, on that data set you were talking about, and and one of them uh, was was um, looked at at hospitalizations specifically. Uh, and there, what was even more striking, Steve, is is that the the um, the previously infected but unvaccinated group were were 6.7 times less likely to wind up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now that's really critical. Now I've been seeing this, you know, in the raw data coming out of Israel to a certain extent, where you look at at the people that are actually winding up in the hospital, and just a, a fraction of, of of the total are people who had prior infection according to their database. But but now when they actually looked at it in this in this Maccabi HMO database and they could adjust for all the comorbidities, it was it was truly striking, Steve. And and um, uh, you know I I I just I don't understand. Uh, CDC used to put in its guidelines um, very very common sense straightforward statements. For example, during H1N1 swine flu in 2009 to 10, when they talked about vaccine recommendations during its second wave. They said very plainly, look, if you've been inf- infected before, you know, you don't need the vaccine. I mean, that was their that was part of their recommendations. I, there's nothing about immunology that's that's changed since then. And I'm and I'm I mean, I'm really concerned between, um, you know, the de-emphasis on therapeutics, even even big pharma therapeutics like uh, Regeneron's Casirivimab uh, uh, and Devimab a monoclonal antibody cocktail that is that was de-emphasized. Uh, for a long period of time w- during this this uh, extended vaccine rollout, and, you know now it's sort of coming back because they've got all these breakthrough infections even in the United States. Um, but but uh, most importantly, Steve, is that um, the the vaccine mandates for healthcare workers, for college students, 
uh, are I, I think in, in terms of liberty they're unconscionable, but they're but they're they're lysenkoist when it comes to the issue of, of of prior immunity because these healthcare workers who are essential and are now quitting uh, and 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 students are are being penalized for having a form of immunity that clearly now appears to be superior in, in light of these leaky vaccines that are requiring you know boosters which we don't know very much about yet. Uh, et cetera, not to, not to even mention, I mean, what's fallen by the wayside because of the lack of efficacy is, is the, is the, is the um, uh, uh, adverse event profile of, of the, of the uh, coronavirus vaccines, which, which is clearly much worse, uh, for example, than flu vaccines. And, you know, at least flu vaccines are not terribly effective, Steve, but, but they're, they're not, they don't have the adverse event toxicity profile that these coronavirus uh, vaccines have accumulated. Hmm. Last year, when we're th when there were already studies coming out about natural immunity, I remember Rand Paul asking um, uh, Anthony Fauci about this several times. I remember the landmark study out of Singapore about T cell immunity, things of that nature. When when this came out last year, uh, the, the, and the topic of natural immunity came up, and our public health officials dismissed it, I kind of wondered if this was a uh, an, an implicit recognition or acknowledgement that the virus is of a questionable or malicious origin, synthetic right. in some way, shape, or form, therefore we're unsure of what natural laws of immunology may still apply here, okay? And so if this was sort of a, a passive-aggressive way of acknowledging this, except now we're into year two here, Andrew, and we have all this real-world data that we're now looking at, and, and, and in the face of variants, by the way, all right, so we've got real-world data because that was one of the arguments that he made last year against Rand. Well, what about variants, mutations? Well, now we've, we've got real-world world data from Israel in light of mutations and variants, and yet natural immunity continues to be holding up. So I, I, I can't even offer them that somewhat of a benefit of the doubt, you know, right. because it, right. are we just now down to we're just all big pharma hacks. And so let's just make people a few billion dollars more. I mean, I, now there's another theory that I think may explain it. Control. I, Control is another one. Let me throw a medical theory at you that may explain it. If you have a leaky vaccine and therefore people are binding antibodies instead of blocking them. And right. therefore, and then therefore, you know, the irony of the mask debate was you don't wear your mask for you, but for somebody else, right? Okay, that, that, so now we were to get these vaccines so that we didn't pass on the disease to other people. And, and the canard of asymptomatic spread last year, have they, could, could, could they be creating an asymptomatic spread through a leaky vaccine process so it's actually the vaccinated that are ones that are now spreading it asymptomatically to people that are unvaccinated? Are they trying to get everybody vaccinated regardless of immunity status because of a passive aggressive acknowledgement that that could be the case? Well, that would be truly sinister, but but I think the phenomenon that you're alluding to is uh, uh, antibody dependent enhancement. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that, that, yeah, it is, it's true. It's where you have um, an antibody response that, that, you know, binds the virus, but, but actually can introduce it uh, to tissues and uh, you know cause <laughs> cause cause more infection without without truly neutralizing the virus. Um, you know that I, I, that's been that's been that's been demonstrated uh, with a few previous vaccines. I believe the dengue vaccine. Uh, I, there's a whole literature on it in this in this disease this viral disease in chickens called Marek's disease. Um, it, it's it's been a concern. Um, 
I think also, uh, perhaps in a in a in a less uh, uh, frightening way, um, if you if you have a, a a spike protein mediated response that's very narrow. In other words, the the immune response to the to the adenovirus vector vaccines like like Janssen and, and AstraZeneca or the mRNA vaccines like like um, Moderna and, and and Pfizer. If it's if you're getting just basically a, an antibody spike antibody response to the original strain of the of the virus that that's pretty narrow and so it's it's easier for mutants uh, uh, strains to escape that that um, that type of narrow immunity as opposed to the very broad and flexible immunity that you get from exposure to the whole virus and, and an infection um, which which would be another explanation for why, uh, natural immunity is 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 proving to be so robust, but I but I think the real point here, you know, politically, socially, is why on earth, uh, with with some exceptions, I mean, some you know, thankfully high profile exceptions like um, uh, Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins, he's been very good on, on this issue, and he's a respected Johns Hopkins uh, epidemiologist, and also um, interestingly a a, 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 a transplant surgeon. Um, uh, uh, islet cell transplants. Uh, Marty's been really good, uh, you know, on this issue of like, you know, why on earth would you be minimizing uh, na natural natural immunity? Um, and and again, Steve, it's, it's having real uh, repercussions, particularly in our healthcare system. There there are a lot of healthcare professionals who have been at the forefront of the pandemic. Uh, they they were infected before, you know, much in the way of therapeutics was available. Certainly, no vaccines were available. Um, and now, uh, you know, being concerned probably about some of the admissions they're seeing from toxicities of the vaccine, uh, they don't want to get vaccinated and they and they have a very robust immunity and, and they're literally being fired across the country, uh, or, you know, or, or, or made to resign. Uh, uh, it, it's it's just it's, it's a travesty. The whole thing about the increase of pediatric covid cases. Hmm. What can you tell us about the data? I've got about two minutes here. Sure. How much of that is real? How much of it is conflating RSV for COVID? Yeah, I, I think it could be a lot of the latter. But the bottom line is the good news is that um, even the American Academy of Pediatrics, which has been woefully inadequate in many respects mm -hmm. uh, during this during this pandemic in, in, in terms of pediatrics, they're admitting that the that the Delta strain is is no is no worse, meaning it's basically pretty benign uh, than 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 the prior strains. Um, uh, Public Health England doing a much better job, Steve, in terms of actually getting raw data out there. Uh, I, I saw a report last week that their um, their low rate of, of COVID admissions in pediatrics uh, for the basically what was the Delta strain period um, was offset by tenfold increase in in uh, certainly relative to COVID in RSV admissions. Uh, I just got an alert from my local Department of Health about um, prophylaxis for, for neonates and, and, and very young children for, for RSV. So something must be going on. Um, I've been working with some state uh, uh, reps to try and get the RSV data out for Rhode Island. But uh, just scattered news reports suggest that uh, much of the fear mongering about the, the Delta wave and children was really uh, coming from, from RSV and people were being very disingenuous about it. All right. Yeah, that was a good quick answer. So I've got another 30 seconds. What kind of progress are we making nationwide here on masking children in schools compared to where we were a year ago? Uh, I can only, you know, my, I live in the Northeast. I'm, I'm in Rhode Island. 
there were a lot of fight was put up, even in my very rural local school district. But then, then the governor has come in with with uh, you know statewide school uh, mask mandate. Um, I I I think there's more success in in frankly in more red states uh, where governors are are stronger on this issue. Um, but even in some of those states, I understand, Steve, that it's got to be fought at the local level. Uh, it's it's very disheartening. Uh, it, it's going to be up to the parents, and 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 parents may have to just pluck their kids out of school and homeschool. And I, I I just don't know what to say anymore. It's it's completely preposterous, Steve. They these kids are at very low risk, and the and the masks are are useless and and have social and maybe even medical consequences that are negative. Folks, you get a lot of great information like this. If you want to follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Bostom, B-O-S-T-O-M, as in Mary, at, at Andrew Bostom. Uh, good to see you again, brother. Thank you very much for joining us here take today care, on the show. Bye-bye. All right, take care. All right, let's get some thoughts over here from you two. What do you think? Well, there's two examples there. RSV, ADE. I'll add a third, the strep throat I saw in two of my own kids that have never had anything close to that last year because of the mass so that alludes to the last point he made he's he's identifying all of the frankenstein monsters that are out there and certainly as it relates to kids and college athletes i i, I really i don't know how any one of you who had who has made any attempt to look at the information isn't far more concerned about that uh than covid yeah, it's just a reminder that, yeah, we got to have information and the data on our side, which we do and we have had for basically this entire, entire uh, charade. Uh, but at the end of the day, with so many things, it's either one, just complete possession by the spirit of the age for the people that you're uh, talking about, just complete possession by, by the spirit of the age or just kowtowing to it because whatever reason just laziness or just too scared to do that that's that's what we're really up against at at this point in time and i i don't know it's i i don't know what you feel sometimes talk about our feelings with aaron it, it's like it, it it's like beating a dead horse it's like ramming your head up against a brick wall because the data just doesn't really matter to the people seemingly who make these decisions, which is why, which is why it's so encouraging to see so many people at their local school board meetings. That's where the real battle is, and but they need to be a lot of these people. As it's becoming more and more apparent to me, they just got to be thrown out. They got to be kicked out of these positions of power. So again, it's good that the data is on our side, but remember who the real opponents are here. It's that lady from California, the teacher in California, having her kids cite the Pledge of Allegiance to the Rainbow Jihad flag. That's what we're really up against here at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm. Very good point there, especially at the end. We'll come back here with hour two. Fake news or not coming your way. I have prepared a thinking exercise for Todd and Aaron looking at recent COVID data all over the world. And we're going to let you guys think it through on Fake News or Not when we return.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and of course all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think uh, via the SteveDace.com inbox. Access that by emailing the, the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. Check us out on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, Getter. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you like the show and want to get free clips of it uh, that are also free of censorship, go to Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you so very much. Thank you very much for uh, playing a massive role in the explosive growth of this show over the last year and plus. Uh, please, if you haven't done so yet and you are a podcast listener right now, hit follow or subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. The more of you that do that, the more it helps our show to grow. And thanks all of you Thanks to all of you that have done that for us already. We appreciate each and every one of the thousands we have received. Um, You know, protecting your family should be one of your top priorities, but you want to do it safely. Uh, The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is even better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse. Yet... Um, hey, dynamite comes in small packages. They are still powerful enough to incapacitate a an attacker, and they use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds. That allows you time to escape, send emergency dispatch to your GPS location, etc. Uh, they come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting, emergency dispatch, and more uh, that work upon firing. So join... Uh, the ever-growing list of those who are signing up with Taser.com. More than 237 lives, 237,000 lives, have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnels. And now you can own your own Taser device, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies uh, with Taser.com, and without a permit, by the way. Go to Taser.com, promo code Steve. Taser.com, promo code Steve. Get a discount when you go to save 15% with that discount when you go to Taser, T-A-S-E-R. Taser.com, promo code Steve. All right, let's get to fake news or not. So I spent a good deal of time yesterday afternoon pouring pouring through and digging into COVID data around the world. And I specifically chose four countries. Let me tell you why I chose these four, all right? Um, because that, that obviously provides a bias in my sample, so you should, you should know what, what it is. Uh, I chose Israel and the UK because they have some of the best, clearest, and most transparent data in the world right now. And they were both heavily locked down. So I've got two heavily locked down countries. Then I have our own country here in the U.S., which I would say, I mean, we thought we were heavily locked down. But in comparison to the U.K. and Israel, I would call it a moderate lockdown. Is that fair? Yeah. Or less severe? Okay. Totally. So we've got, we've got the U.K. and Israel heavily locked down, the U.S., which was moderately locked down, and then Sweden, which was never really locked down. All right. And we're just going to look at recent statistical profiles of these four countries. I'm just going to go through this data with minimal editorial commentary. 
And then I've got a fifth that we're going to look at as a bonus story that just came out yesterday. And then I'm going to just let you guys do your thing on fake news or not and try to tell us what you think the news is here. All right. And Aaron, you're going to go first this time. Okay. So let's begin. Over the last five weeks, COVID cases in the United Kingdom have risen 26%, while deaths have risen 48%. However, the overall case fatality rate for COVID in the UK is down to 0.3%. That's the CFR is cases divided by deaths, okay? The overall case fatality rate is down to 0.3 during these last five weeks, when the average CFR throughout the entire pandemic has been 1.9% in the UK. That would seem to provide some narrative boost to the vaccines, given about 80% of all citizens over 16 are fully vaccinated in the UK. So that's country one. Let's look at country two. Over the last five weeks, COVID cases in Israel have risen 307%, while deaths in the country have increased 668%. Now, allow me to provide some context. We're talking about Israel going from 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 deaths to 25, 35, okay? So that's a massive increase, but we're still talking about a a scant number in a 11 million or 10 million person population. I just wanted to clarify that, okay? However, the case fatality rate in Israel during this time is down to 0.2% when it has been 0.6% since the start of the pandemic. Almost 80% of everyone 16 plus fully vaccinated in Israel too. Similar stat pattern as the United Kingdom, just more exaggerated. Let's go to country three. Over the last five weeks, COVID cases in the United States have risen 72%, while deaths have climbed 173%. However, the case fatality rate has dropped to 0.6% during that time, when it's been 1.6% since the start of the pandemic. 62% of all adults in the U.S. are fully vaccinated. Similar Similar stat pattern, wouldn't be an exact duplicate, but a similar statistical pattern to what we have seen in Israel and the UK, albeit with a significantly lower percentage of fully vaccinated adults. Finally, here's Sweden. Over the last five weeks, cases in Sweden have risen 67%. While deaths in the country grew over the last five weeks from three per week to four. Not percent, that's a whole number. Total. They had three deaths five weeks ago, it climbed to four five weeks later. The case fatality rate in Sweden is down to 0.08%. Way lower than the other countries. And the other countries are all low too during this time, but Sweden is demonstrably lower. It has been 1.3% since the start of the pandemic. 
Sweden is undergoing an aggressive vaccination push, but still reports only 55% of its citizens are fully vaccinated. So it is still languishing behind all three of the previous countries in vaccination rate to some degree. Certainly far more Israel and the UK, but it is still behind the US too. And so Sweden now has a different statistical profile from the UK, from Israel, and the US. Why? And then let me bring in this one for a bonus. Aaron had this story in his montage. He mentioned it. Let's add some context to it. Duke University, which is rated the number three medical school in America. You could argue you had a college football season last year because of Duke University. It oversaw the ACC's safe-to-play program, and that provided the cover for the Big 12 and a wingman for the SEC to not go it alone when the other conferences were canceling because of the respect Duke University Med School has. It's the number three med school in America, and it just imposed an outdoor mask mandate on campus. Why? Well, it's in response to this story. With students and faculty returning for classes in the fall, they tested everybody. They came up with 364 positive cases in a week. Now, Duke is a, lar- is a university. There's thousands of students there, but it's not like a land-grant school at North Carolina or Virginia. This is not a, a school with a 40,000 population undergrad. It's a very exclusive private school. Came up with 364 positive cases. Only eight were unvaccinated, which means 97% of the positive tests that Duke University uncovered were fully vaccinated, 97% of them. However, there was no one hospitalized and only a few showing mild symptoms. Now, I don't know if Duke is is adhering to this, but recall earlier this year, CDC guidelines called for lowering the threshold for a positive test for the vaccinated, okay? So the vaccinated PCR levels are not, our indicators are not as sensitive as they are for the general population. And yet, let's just assume that Duke University is following CDC guidelines. 97% of its positive cases, despite the added extra edge of less sensitivity in the PCR mechanism, 97% of its cases still came from the fully vaccinated. Now, the good news is only a few were showing symptoms. No one was hospitalized. But here's a question I have. What happens to their viral load? Where does it go? If they tested, if they have enough of a viral load to test positive, even with a less sensitive PCR testing mechanism. And they're not sick. Where does their viral load go? What happens to it? So, just data. As little as I'm probably capable of, of editorializing as we go through that data. 
And then I think you can you can ponder others and, and, and posit others, but those are the two big questions I have in response to this data. How do we explain Sweden's different epidemiological curve? And then if 97% of Duke University's cases are people fully vaccinated, and that is with less stringent testing sensitivity for the fully vaccinated compared to the general population, and they're still testing positive, where does all that viral load go? If it's not making them sick, where does it go? Aaron, you get to go first. What do you think? So, Todd, the framework for my answer slash commentary on this is similar to something you were talking about during the break. I'm not trying to rip that off, um, but it's just Preach. maybe a mind meld that, uh, that maybe we were thinking about the same things here. And so I, I just want to begin by... I brought up this example before. Let's say you have some sort of a skin condition on, let's say, your face. So you go to a doctor or a a dermatologist. And the dermatologist tells you, yep, I see this skin condition. It's something-something-itis. I would encourage you to um, go get your eyeball removed so you'll see half as much of it. So you go and do that. And it's still there. In fact, it's growing. And you go back to the dermatologist and say, I got my eyeball removed. Um, it's still there. What can I do now? The dermatologist tells you, go get your other eyeball removed. That way you won't see it at all. So you go and get your other eyeball removed. You can't see anything now, including your rash, but you can still feel that it's still on your face. Whatever this itis is. And so you go back to your dermatologist and he gives you another thing. Go remove your arm. And you remove your arm, and slowly but surely, this rash starts to go away. You go back to the dermatologist for a checkup, and it's, hey, it worked this time. Great. Go home. Enjoy your life. Rash-free. And then a couple of months later, it starts to come back, and we just go through this rigmarole over and over again. Whatever the origins of this virus Whatever they are, I happen to think, as, a, as I believe Steve and Todd do as well, and many of you listening, whether it was intentional or not, this virus, I believe, is of a synthetic origin. However, from what I've been able to see, and we have a pretty large sample size now, it's still behaving as a natural virus would behave, with a few exceptions. One being the demographic profile, the other being the really odd, complete loss of taste and smell. Those are the two things that I can see. Those are the two things that are a little bit different about this virus. And those are some head-scratching things, but overall, in terms of its viral um, peaks and troughs, overall, it's it's performing as a natural virus as it fades into um, endemic status. In my mind... It's performing the same way. What has not performed as a natural organism would perform, and I don't want to reduce us and reduce human beings to organisms, but just for the sake of this argument, what has not been natural this entire time is how much of the natural, much of the Western world has responded to this virus. Lockdowns are unnatural. A lot of the um, allopathic ways of treating this have been 
very unnatural. The natural thing that humans have been doing for eons is something called herd immunity. Protecting the most vulnerable, if you have that uh, data in your, I, 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 within your grasp, protecting the most vulnerable while letting those who are the most healthy catch and get over whatever the contagion is that plagues your population. That is the natural way of doing things that we've been doing for eons. That's not to say all medicine is unnatural. In fact, I think medicine... Medicine is, is are, are in many ways, performs modern-day miracles in, in a lot of instances, but not in all instances. A, a lot of medicines are also unnatural. That's why you see the 30-second advertisement for a new drug followed by 30 seconds of, uh, well, it can cause you to do this and this and this, and death is a side effect as well. That's why you have all of these side effects with, with, with medicines. I think what you can explain with Sweden why they look so differently is that for the most part, despite their aggressive vaccination campaign, the better part of last year, they, they spent their time pursuing a more natural approach to overcoming this virus. The most efficient way, and stop me if I'm wrong, the most efficient ways of dealing with a virus are when healthy people with good immune systems are able to get it and get over it. No matter what medicine or vaccine or therapeutic you throw at it, the human body is still the most efficient way of getting over these viruses. There's a common misconception, too. I'll, I'll maybe wrap it up. There's a common misconception that the flu gets stronger every year. Some years it's worse than others. But over time, we talk about these seven-day rolling averages for COVID or month-to-month rolling averages, the year-to-year rolling average for flu overall actually has a downward slope if you look back over the last 10, 20, 30 years. It doesn't necessarily get stronger. There are some worse strains than others, but overall, it doesn't overall get, in terms of outcomes, it doesn't get, it doesn't get uh, stronger. That's what I see from this virus as well, at least from the Sweden data. So that's my overall takeaway. Sweden did things the more natural way, the more uh, the, the way that humans have been doing it for eons, while the rest of the West, with limited exceptions, did it the most unnatural way they could possibly think of. Chopping off, chop, what is the, chopping off uh, limbs, the most unnatural thing to take care of a condition that could just be, for the most part, overcome by healthy immune systems within healthy people. Okay. Todd, your thoughts. Uh, so uh, based on what you said about the sensitivity of various tests, I mean, the, the case fatality rates that you said could, if we ratcheted those back up to the way they were being measured and they were being equally measured, vaccinated and unvaccinated alike, the case fatality rate could be even lower in all of these places that's the point meaning that there is your presupposition would be there that because the vaccinated are permitted by cdc guidelines a lower testing threshold Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that if we gave them the same testing threshold the unvaccinated have they would not then be testing positive exactly which with more positive tests the deaths remain the same so that case fatality ratio would even come down even further yes right which is uh you know rising uh rising cases um you would expect a uh, uh, with with 
traditional immunology, you would have rising cases. That's how uh, viruses uh, survive. Uh, easier to catch, uh, but less um, lethal. So I, there's a, uh, a possibility of that happening here, despite the fact that you have um, rises, increase in deaths. And, and I, would, I would come closer to uh, lumping a lot of America into the UK in the Israel um, lockdown and density uh, mode because let's fit I mean we've talked at New York at one point was what amongst the t if it compared it was viewed as its own nation yeah right? it was it the deadliest the country in the world it still yeah. like, I think it's still like top four or five I think yeah, yeah so w with these deaths the simple fact of the matter is the virus was going to virus and, and you have a dry timber issue that was going to come up sooner or later I, and I think a, a lot of these deaths, uh, obviously in old folks' homes, uh, we know that it, it hit them hard. Uh, but there, there's a lot of uh, people uh, that perhaps uh, avoided uh, it the first time with comorbidities uh, and who are of an advanced age. Uh, but they weren't going to avoid it indefinitely. So it's it's very very possible. Set aside the whole hospital overwhelm thing, which never happened a year and a half ago. It's never happened this time. Collectively, never happened. Co collectively, never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, the great fear that you know flatten the curve. To the, it it just did not happen. And to and the, uh, the primary variable to the degree that it comes close to happening has as much to do with healthcare uh, staff shortages as much as uh, anything else. But you are not, if you had comorbidities and you were above the age of 65, like my father was, and this COVID thing came along and it hasn't gone away yet, the, 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 the rise in deaths at the very least can still simply can have something to do with that based on seasonality and um, regionality. And that's a best case scenario. Old people and sick people die. And I, I'm not callous for saying that because I looked it in the eye a year and a half ago with my father. But then that that's looking at everything and not having Sweden. Then you look at Sweden and Duke. As you laid out, laid out there, I, I, you just you you can't you can't then but ask how much of this has to do with something more nefarious, the ADE that we just got done talking about with Andrew Boston. That let me explain that by the way, really quick to layman. Okay, sure. Stands for antibody dependent enhancement. Okay, so what happens is that, and again, this is for those of you that are pros like Andrew. Forgive me. I'm not, but I'm speaking to most people that 97% or higher of the people in this audience aren't either. So we, we have to communicate this to each other like the first day of biology 101 level so we understand it, okay? Um, essentially what happens is the, the, the 
the vac the the vaccinated person no longer blocks the the no longer blocks the virus but binds it and that that binding can create um a different form of mutation or variant of a virus than what happens when a virus mutates or varies naturally almost always it tends to it tends to do so in a diminished capacity and it's doing this because it's it's up it's reached a point of diminishing returns it's up against a vaccine it's up against a uh, a herd immunity threshold so it's trying to survive that's a virus is nothing really other than a, a, a living survival instinct that's really all that it is and so it will adapt mutate to try to come into some form to ensure its survival and typically that will be to a, in a diminished capacity when you have ADE what happens is the opposite can occur because the the vaccine is leaking and therefore it is it is promoting a it is promoting variants and mutations within within the within the fact that it is binding these binding these inf- the, the infection and not blocking it and therefore the person who is vaccinated actually become can become potentially a danger to the unvaccinated and this is why they say if this happens in a vaccine you still that absolutely means everyone should still go and get the vaccine because it, at that point it's kind of the immunological view of survival of the fittest every man for himself all right I mean, since the vaccine, since the the variants are there, since this is coming from a leaky vaccine, your only therefore course of action is to protect yourself from that vaccine leaking on you by getting vaccinated. Does that make you see what I'm? So this is this becomes a the vaccination equivalent of a circular firing squad. Mm-hmm. We're all protecting each other from each other. All right, as opposed to pushing back against the virus itself. Now there's a lot better rec- a lot better explanations to this, I promise you. That's the best though that I can provide for you and in a way that I think makes it as easily and accessible to understand as possible. And you heard Andrew Boston, MD epidemiologist, give several examples of ADE through leaky vaccines that have happened in the past. There was a study in Japan, I mentioned it yesterday a week ago, that said they were seeing signs of that in the in the covid therapeutics i have not highlighted it though because it, they admit the researchers admit that they have a bias and that they are working at the same time on a rival vaccine technology so that's so i i give them credit for admitting that but that doesn't mean they're free of bias at the exact same time but explanation aside go ahead finish your point well so and like we said yesterday uh with sweden may see another uh spike but ultimately, this is going to be about age demographics and stratification and, and things of that nature in comparing Sweden uh, to the likes of Israel. But there, I, I, it seems abundantly clear to me that the, no, the front-loaded notion of absolutely ignoring the existence of natural immunity and aggressively vaccinating on the front end has done something that a robust natural 
the the lack of a robust natural herd immunity up to some point simply is not equipped to deal with with whatever this vaccine is doing now nothing about this ade that i can see see i'm not we're not allowed to hope even whatever this is doing has clearly not ratcheted things up badly enough for to wake people up because almost every article you see from the smart so the vaccines work the vaccines are a gift the vaccines are a miracle you know you know i don't think that but the vaccines clearly have helped as a medicinal. I have no problem saying that. But when you feel really, really bad, you know, you know what else would help you feel good at, for a while? Heroin, crack. All right. I mean, at, at some point you have to realize the long term process of using those is it has some side effects. At the very least, admit that. And I think we are honestly in undeniable territory that the vaccines are causing some of the problems and not just side effects. The vaccine, the strength of the virus is at least not diminishing according to normal vaccine epidemiology. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. Back here on the Steve Day Show, and who wouldn't love? Thank you. Back here on the Steve Day Show, and who would not love to have a candy bar with like five grams or less of sugar? And you're thinking, Steve, kale is not a candy bar. Now, Built Bar isn't a candy bar either, but boy, howdy. Um, because yesterday they had a special two-hour sale only. I sent you guys the uh, the link, right, for the chocolate chip cookie dough. I've been waiting, 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 waiting. It's been months. I've kept a box of chocolate chip cookie dough stashed in the fridge for an emergency, but I haven't opened it. But then this morning I decided, you know what, thanks to yesterday's two-hour sale, which if you were if you were already a previous customer at Built Bar, you would have gotten an email alert telling you their greatest flavor of all time, in my opinion is back and available, but only for two hours. Man, I jumped on that bad boy, used my own name as a promo code, ordered two boxes. So since I know I've got two boxes of the greatest flavor of the greatest protein bar of all time on its way, I busted in on my emergency stash box of cookie dough and brought one with me. That was my Built Bar break last segment. Holy cow, I forgot how good that is. What would such an emergency be? Um, I really need a chocolate chip cookie dough <laughs> Built Bar. <laughs> That would be the emergency. <laughs> That's an emergency. I mean, I really need one. It's been too long. All right. So, um, I mean, all their flavors are great. All covered in real chocolate with the texture, taste of a candy bar, but the nutritional profile of a protein bar, high in protein, low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs. Also, Easy on the tummy. I know that can be a thing for some of us these days, okay? Uh, particularly when you're eating a, a supplement product, you know, can my, can I digest it? There's other good tasting protein bars, not as good as Built Bar that I've tried. I That just tore my system up. It, this is the total package, man. The absolute total package. Try it now. 15% off when you go to Built.com. Just use my last name, Dace, as your promo code. D-E-A-C-E, promo code Dace, 
for Built.com. Order yourself a box today so that the next time chocolate chip cookie dough is available, you'll get an alert in your email too. All right. Built.com promo code DACE to get 15% off. All right, let's get to pop. There's more that we would like to say about the conversation we had in fake news or not. But I I thought for a a second about whether we should close the loop on a few things. I've decided we're not going to do that. Here's why. Because we're not qualified to. We're just, we're just, Showing data and asking questions. We're not, we're not qualified to, to, to try to close the loop on some of these things. But those who are qualified, we think they should have answers to the questions that we're positing. And that these are the sorts of questions and discussions that should be going on in all of our media. Frankly, isn't going on even in much of conservative media. Except for, you know, here, Daniel's podcast and a few other places let alone in any of legacy media whatsoever. But these are the kinds of conversations that need to be had. So we're going we're gonna to shut it down at the point of positing questions and then just kind of let the questions speak for themselves and we'll wait to see if we get answers, either with more real-time data or the people that are given the charge of answering those questions finally step up and answer them. One thing we can say with certainty, there may be numerous reasons why our public health experts continue to deny natural immunity, but all of them are bad and none of them are benign. So let's move on to Pop Culture Tuesday. We look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism and uh, mea culpa, mea culpa, maxima mea culpa, okay? For going on two years now, I have received, and I stopped counting at just over 14,329 emails. I'm only slightly exaggerating. Hey, have you heard of this show called The Chosen? Why haven't you watched The Chosen? Have you watched it yet? All right. I kind of wonder if it's like five of you, but you just emailed me over and over and over again. All right. So I, here's the thing with me. And, and, and so this show we had... Dallas Jenkins, who's the showrunner, he was with us about two years ago yeah. when, when they launched this. The story of this show is fascinating. It's 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 actually crowdfunded via a company called VidAngel, and um, they raise all of the budget from people. That, they basically went to the people and said, "Hey, you guys want high quality, not cheesy, tacky, high quality, biblically based entertainment." Well. That's going to require a production value above what typically goes into faith-based entertainment. So yep. put your money where your mouth is and pony up. The people did. And um, and the result, and they, they, they've had a second season now too. Before you, you, 14,329 of you begin emailing me, when are you going to watch season two? It's not available on Amazon yet. And I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a tech snob. I, I don't have a a 75-inch TV in my basement so that I can then watch something on my iPad. I'm not doing that. Sorry. So I'll just wait until it shows up on Amazon, buy season two, and then I'll watch it then. You can't you. screen mirror or Chromecast? I, I, for whatever or? reason, I cannot do that with my iPad in my in my man cave. I can't. Yeah. So I'll just wait. Anyway, it's football season. I don't have time to watch it right now anyway. But 
I wanted to make sure I got through season one. Right after we had Dallas Jenkins on the show, I tried to watch. And we had him on because so many of you said, you guys are, you know, he's always railing against Christian entertainment. Have this guy on. So we did. All right. And I went to watch the first episode. I thought it was, um, the production value was very high, but frankly, I thought it was a little slow. And I just didn't get into it right away. Several of you, including, I think, you, told me, hey, man, you got to you gotta let give people, I know you got the attention span of a gnat because you tweet text while doing a live show, okay? But can you permit them one episode of world building before you just eject? That was kind of your message to me, right? Yeah. I have the attention span of Get a gnat. Get it together, man. And the palate of a, of, a, of a 12-year-old and the sense of humor of a sixth grader, right? Yes. Other than that... You like working for me. Yes. <laughs> the check's clear. <laughs> right. So um, I gave it another shot a few weeks ago and decided I'm just watching the first two episodes back to back. And the first episode I still found a little slow. The second episode, man, I thought it really, really picked up. The episode where it's just Jesus and the little children just absolutely had me enthralled. And I just got all in. So we watched the rest of it while we were off for Aaron's paternity. And we got to the end of the full eight, eight episode season one. And it it is a masterpiece. Uh, You guys were all right. Should have done this a long time ago. I cannot say enough good things about it. it. It's an absolute masterpiece. Now, if you are... And if you're hardcore, man, I got to warn you, this takes some creative license in areas. Not theologic license, but it does take some creative license to try to add some story context. And it warns at the beginning that it's going to do that. All right. So trying to provide a little layer of character motivation as exposition for why some of these, why some, I'm I'm fascinated by the portrayal of Matthew as basically a high functioning autistic. Mm Mm-hmm. I th- and, and the young man who plays him, by the way, just does it masterfully. I mean, he just nails it. Okay. Um, the To me, the best episode is the penultimate episode, episode seven. Because about half of this episode is the conversation from John 3, like like everybody's favorite Bible verse, well, until like 2000, then it became Matthew 7, out of context. But for the first 200 years of America, everybody's favorite Bible verse was what? John 3.16. Yeah, and we watched, did we watch a sporting event? And was there a sporting event in America until about 1991 where someone did not hold up a John 3.16 sign? I don't think so. At least not a football game until like the 1990s. And I mean, that was constant. I remember as a little kid being unchurched. I'm like, why are what does John 3.16 have to do with whether Mark Mosley hits this field goal for the Redskins or not? I didn't understand it, okay? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever will believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then we actually close the show every day with the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world may be saved. That's John 3.17. That, those verses are part of an exchange, a conversation that takes place um, one night when Nicodemus, who is a known leader of the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the time, basically sneaks away because he's intellectually curious about 
Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? He's clearly more than a typical rabbi. He teaches with an authority we don't typically see, and he's performing wondrous works. So is he a prophet? Is he a messiah? Is he something in between? And so there's a conversation that takes place between Christ and Nicodemus. And it's within the context of that 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 verse or that conversation that that famous verse John 3:16 occurs. And the depiction of that conversation on the rooftop in the dark of night between Jesus and Nicodemus in that second to last episode, that penultimate episode is one of the best portrayed and acted television scenes I have ever seen. Because you have to understand how difficult it is. Now, I'm not giving you away anything about our nefarious film. But I will simply say some of the challenges that we are going to try to meet to pull this film off are, are attempted and depicted in that particular scene. Okay, And so to watch how they pulled that off from an editing standpoint, a camera standpoint, how they break away, you know, when the dialogue gets heavy, there's a quick breakaway of commentary from the disciples watching the exchange on the side just to kind of let you catch your breath a little bit so it doesn't get tedious. But the way that it is acted between the actor who plays Jesus and the actor who plays Nicodemus and the actor who plays Nicodemus, I cannot remember his name, but you have seen him in. Seinfeld. I mean, yeah. wasn't he in The Mummy? I think he's been he's in a, a lot ton of, of TV shows yeah. and movies over the years. Okay. Yeah. That is one of the best portrayed and acted television scenes I have ever seen. I mean, I, I, I know that exchange fairly well. I quote it in my show every day. I know how it turns out. Man, I was on the edge of my seat watching it. Okay. Um, the show is just exceedingly well done. I, I just, I can't say enough good things about it. And all of you were right. It deserves all the, pardon the pun, hosannas, uh, all the helmet stickers, all of the love it has gotten. It is not just excellent Christian entertainment. It is just fantastic storytelling. End of sentence, period. Even if it was about a different subject matter, it would still be gripping and fantastic storytelling. So all of you are right, tip of the cap, and I should have done this a lot sooner. And, and with everything going on last week with the, all the depressing news, I, that's when I finally decided, you know what, I gotta, I'm going to get away from this for like four hours. I'm just going to finish this show, take my mind off of things below, put my mind on things above. And... In fact, maybe the timing of when I chose to finish the show ended up being perfect because it really lifted my spirits to watch. And it doesn't pull any punches about what the world was like at this time or the realities and the challenges either. But it was, it was good to live in a place called hope for a few hours. So I can't say enough good things about it. And I want to know what you guys think here in just a second after I remind the audience about realestateagentsitrust.com if you want to get in to the real estate market during these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, make sure you do so with an agent you can trust, one with a proven track record of success. And you might be wondering, hey, that sounds great, Steve. Where would I find such a person? Well, 
the name kind of says it all. Head over to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who got tired of agents who talked a good game, but then did not deliver when needed the most. And they ended up finding out, you know, there's actually good agents in our own audience across the country. Let's start connecting them with people. And it just kind of mushroomed as a grassroots company from there. And now it's become realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, realestateagentsitrust.com. Thoughts. Aaron, how far along are you in it? Not at all. Oh, not at all. Okay. Yeah. Well then. All right. Send all your emails to him now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Pass the torch. Yes. I'm I, I've started uh season two and it's I mean nothing has uh dropped off. And about those liberties Steve have talked about, I, I think those have been utterly brilliant. And they're not just like shortcuts or contrived. This is like I uh Steve and I were talking on camera in uh Catholic Mass, there's Old Testament uh, and then uh, epistles, and then we read from the gospel, and they're not randomly chosen. Within the three-year cycle, they're meant to comment on one another. And then within the Protestant tradition, I, maybe there's Catholic Bible, but the side-by-side mm-hmm. with all the, they really do a good job of taking stories and overlapping them that aren't necessarily collect, but to comment on one another, and it just makes all the grace shine all the more. I, I, to say they know what they're doing, not only into the cinematic effect, but in terms of pulling out the richness of Bible stories you've seen or read many, many times, but just taking them and putting them in technicolor. I mean, it, it, they have a gift. They absolutely have a gift. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, it, it just, it is... Um, uh, you know, we, we were talking the other day about uh, would Jesus wear masks and get vaxxed? And I, I mentioned uh, Jesus healed lepers. I mean, there, there's a the powerful scene that's depicted mm-hmm. in that first season of The Chosen when the leper comes upon them as they are, as they're walking in the field, right? And, um, and the instant reaction of the uh, disciples to cover their face, to mask up, to back away, socially distance, and to watch Jesus just bridge. And I don't, we don't blame them for that. They're mere humans, but it's, it's emblematic of all of us are lepers from a, from a spiritual standpoint. We're all stained by the, by the scourge of sin. Right. And so who could bridge that chasm? And then we're constantly trying to either indulge or avoid one another's sin and having it get on us. Who can bridge that chasm? Because we can't bridge it horizontally. It has to be bridged vertically. You see Jesus cross that divide to come and heal that leprous man, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I thought it, that, that has a lot to say about the culture we're in today. Amen. Back at it again tomorrow, John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.